What is up, everybody? He's Dr. Mitchell Roslin. I am Greg Sussman, and this is Doc Jock. Doc, what's happening, man? A lot of things. Uh, it was uh, a-, a phenomenal sports weekend. I guess we learned that Bill Belichick can still coach, but he can't cure mental illness. Um, and it, it, you know, a lot of the things that we've been talking about for the last two years kind of came to fruition as we watched an incredible, you know, I really think that was a phenomenal first game performance by Daniel Jones. I mean, you couldn't have written a better script. Let's start right there with Danny Dimes' NFL debut. Accounted for four touchdowns, threw for over 300 yards. Most importantly for the Giants, they get a victory thanks to a missed 34 yard field goal. And two extra points. And two extra points points that were missed. Absolutely. Okay, and, you know, again, you can't be fooled that the Giants are a good team, but um, when everybody left MetLife Stadium the week before when they lost to Buffalo, there was absolutely no juice in the building. There was no reason to watch this team. We had seen this script before. We knew where this was going. And putting, I said that he was going to lose the locker room if he didn't put Jones in the game. And I, I said, I predicted before the season started, it would be halfway in Buffalo. And I think that um, it, it, there was just no choice. There was just no energy in the Giants. It, 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 we, we've seen this before. And, you know, it, it's really interesting. Um, Deadspin had a great article about Eli Manning. And Eli Manning is going to go down as um, either the best average quarterback of all time or the worst great quarterback of all time, depending on what your vantage point was. But they wrote about why the Giants were so low, slow on the trigger and what was the kind of psychology of that, which I think is kind of interesting. And the best way I can explain it is that Eli has failed the eye test his whole career, but for somehow managed to make the big play, managed to rise to the moment so that kind of the delusional people within the organization thought he had one more run all the time. And you really couldn't talk them out of it because it's not like, for example, if you look at their franchise, they had gone through the usual growth and then won a Super Bowl, similar to what they did in the 86 Super Bowl team. It was almost like they bought a lottery ticket and they won the lottery twice. And so why won't you think that you're going to win the lottery mm-hmm. a third time, especially when you failed the eye test? And it's kind of a, a, an interesting spin on it from Deadspin. You know, I saw Eli actually only won playoff games the year they went to the Super Bowl. He's never won another playoff game any other year of his career. That's 13 out of the 15 years of his career. Zero playoff wins outside of the Super Bowl, which I think is interesting. He brought up the fact that now that Daniel Jones is starting, there was juice. There was juice going into yesterday's Giant game. There's obviously juice coming out of the game. I, as a Giants fan, couldn't tell you the last time I had that much fun Watching a Giants game. Yeah, I can. The Super Bowl. Well, that was the, the thing, right? like, But seriously, since that Super Bowl, right? And probably not even, even in the Super Bowl. It was probably the games before the Super Bowl oh, when they got to the Super Bowl. Because by the time they got to the Super Bowl both times, they were playing with house money. Sure. You, you, you know, it was, it was, you know, we used to joke around, what's going what, what's gonna to happen first in our lifetime? We'll see a giant quarterback run for a touchdown or will they get cheerleaders? Um, and... Yesterday's game was like, wow, our team is doing to other teams what everybody's done for us to the last 
God knows how many years. You, 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 you know, Tampa played good defense. on Everybody was covered on the last play, but Daniel Jones looked him off and saw an open field, and he took it. Not to say when it was a 12-3 game, perhaps one of the biggest plays in the game was that third down where he extends the drive because 12-3 for the Giants has been party over, 28-10, party over. And everybody's concentrating on his legs. He's also more accurate. You know, he hit Ingram right on the, the run. Right on the button. You, that's the thing that Eli has never been. He's, he's having watched him probably play more minutes than any quarterback that I've seen in my lifetime. He's still the hardest to describe. Um, he's defined by throwing perhaps the greatest pass of all time to Manningham down the sidelines. I'm not talking about Tyree, Tyree. when yeah. he, you know, which was you might as well, which was a, a Lamar Jackson play. You might as well throw it up and sure. hope something good happens. Sure. Um, but the throw he made to Manningham, you know, into that window might have been one of the greatest pressure throws in the history of football. But you take some of those throws. He's not accurate like Breeze was or Montana where he puts people on the line. He's not he – doesn't, he didn't make the big play like Brett Favre. What Eli was was magical at certain times in his career for unknown reasons. Eli was magical in those moments, and he was a man of moments, and that defines his career. The Hall of Fame conversation is a conversation that's going on right now, given that he's a 500 – uh, his record is 116 or 116 or whatnot. Definitively a Hall of Fame. I played for 18 years, won two Super Bowls. I don't know that he's definitively a Hall of Fame. I, I think that as you move away from it, you know, you know, again, at the end of the day, you would trade everything to get to the altar. And he got to the altar Definitely. twice. Definitely. And, and he got to the altar two out of 16 years. That's 10%, more than 10% of his career. And, and, you know, especially in this time, in this game, which is defined by championships as opposed to longevity. Philip Rivers has never gotten to the altar. I would take two Super Bowl championships over the long resume. And that is certainly a positive spin. That is certainly the reason and the case to be made for Eli. Those two runs, those two huge victories in the Super Bowl, two Super Bowl MVPs, whether you think he should have gotten it or and, not. And, and, and be teams that have... Absolutely. Probably the highest winning percentage ever. You know, the Green Bay team was either 14 or 2 or 15 and 1. The Dallas team that they beat, too, had a high record. And let's not sure. forget, New England was undefeated. So, the, in the historical perspective of mm-hmm. football, you know, that being said, he failed the eye test more often. And, and that's why the people within that building were so hesitant to pull the plug because they, they were delusional about the magic. You know, remember the, when the Mets stunk, the magic is back? Right. You know, they, they thought that the magic could come back, but there's no rational way for that to happen. And I think yesterday was clear because anybody who's watched football knows that when the Giants were down 28-10, not only were we going to be watching Red Zone, but all of the players would have had their bags packed to get on the plane to go home. Well, I, I just think with the beatdown, not that Eli didn't get up after every hit, because he did for the entirety of his career, but... The ability of Daniel Jones, and this is everything that you've heard, I'm not putting the guy in the Hall of Fame yet, I want to, but his ability to move around the pocket and create was something we have not seen but for like more, years. More than that with him, he processes very quickly. Definitely. 
is very accurate with the ball. His one downside that I saw is that I think, you know, he once got pounded from the backside. He, he, he's sometimes not aware of what's coming from behind him. So I'm glad, I'm glad you say that. Sean Glastavaki and I were talking downstairs earlier today, and the one downside that we saw is very, very similar, that for whatever reason, at this point in his uh, career, he doesn't feel pressure. He doesn't, like, he doesn't feel it coming or see it coming. He's in the back of his eyes. Now, obviously, as you get older and as it slows down, that internal clock slows down. You understand it better. Now, he is fearless. He will just stand in there and stand in there and make the picture-perfect throw. But a couple of times yesterday, people came around the backside, caused him to fumble, and hit him from behind. That, that's one. And also when he takes off, he, he, he's sometimes unaware of who's coming from behind. Definitely. Him. And that's because he has his eyes downfield. Absolutely. He's got to be a little bit more decisive of when to take off, just like he did on that last play of the game and get down. You don't always need to have your eyes downfield like that. That being said, he is, when you think about it, the prototypical quarterback that you would want in this generation because he's tall, he can see over the line, he's incredibly accurate. He's not a running quarterback, but if you play man-to-man and everybody goes, he can take off. And that's what I think you really, really, really want. I mean, that's kind of what, would you describe Aaron Rodgers as a running quarterback? No. Very similar. Exactly. You, you know, totally agree. It, Same with Andrew Luck. And, you know, when people t- say he, he reminds them of Eli, they're out of their mind. I mean, I know that's... personality. I mean, personality-wise, maybe, but... You, you Looks know, as well. Yeah, that's, it's incredible. That, that, that part of... It's ridiculous. Is, ...is absolutely incredible. But he, he reminds me more of Carson Wentz. I was than, about to say that to than, you. Than Eli, absolutely. Than, than Eli Manning. And... The thing about him is he processes, you know, when you saw early on, he processes very, very, very quickly. He processes much better than Donald does, to be perfectly. I I agree with that. You know, to be perfectly honest uh, about that. And, um, you you know, he's a very bright kid, not just because he went to Duke. And he also was recruited to play Division I basketball. So he's not a fluke athlete. No, he, he's, he's athletic. And that was something that very quickly was dismissed during the draft that, oh, he's not athletic. But if you just watch any tape, he's athletic. Yeah. You, you know, there are only two people that loved him coming that I knew of in the draft. Dave Gettleman and my friend Rich Gladstone. So I had to go to Rich Gladstone's house to watch this. But Rich Gladstone, who went to Duke, was like screaming that the Giants should draft Daniel Jones, draft Daniel Jones, draft Daniel Jones. So it was like, you know... I, when, 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 he took, when he rolled to his left and hit Slayton coming across the middle, awesome. I, thought, I thought Rich Gladstone was going to lose it. You know? Danny Dimes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to go. You know, you, know, you can't find a, a Daniel Jones jersey for, in a youth size in New York City. You got to order it online. I'm sure this time next week you'll be able to. <laughs> you know, just, you just, you just, just like that. You just can't, can't, can't get it, but. Check across the street, Models. Uh, I don't think that's Daniel Jones. You'd probably get Eli Manning, but I'm you can't. And you, can get, <laughs> you can get Eli Manning cheap. And it's funny because you came in here today when you, when, you, when you got to the studio. You go, it's amazing. You're feeling good. I mean, you can see it, right? You can see it in me. You can see it in you. You're excited. And yet, this is a win. That, that's great. You'll take it. But the defense is horrific. And 
the Giants lost their best player for at least the next month, which is what I wanted to get into. So Saquon Barkley very clearly has a high ankle sprain. They were hoping it would be a mild high ankle sprain that would keep him out two to four weeks. Instead, it's more significant. It's more, not four to six, it's six to eight weeks from what I'm seeing. At least. What? You're the doctor. Can you describe the difference between a high ankle sprain and a low ankle sprain and why this is so much more painful? Yeah, you can't, because you can't stabilize a high ankle strain. You know, low ankle sprain, first of all, what an ankle sprain is, is, is basically a partial ligament or it could be a complete ligament tear of, of the, the ankles uh, on the outside, not, not, not the, the Achilles inflexibility. And a low ankle sprain is very painful, but you can stabilize the ankle and if people have a high th- tolerance for it. They can play in a few weeks with a basically, high. Basically, put a walking boot on, stabilize it, and, 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 and right. you, well, also you can tape it in 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 for the game. You 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 can give external support. A high ankle sprain is higher. The ligaments are more stretched, and 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 you know you're really looking at eight to twelve weeks with some an injury. Eight to twelve weeks, you're saying an injury like that, um, and it, 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 it's a very tough injury for somebody like Barkley that cuts left and right and and basically is a jitterbug. I mean, and, and you really want to get that right because what makes him so special? And you, you really don't want to take his cutting ability away. Um, you know, he's not a straight-ahead type player. So I think you're looking at eight weeks as, as, as a bare minimum. We'll see about that. Uh, Tevin Coleman, we just recently had a high ankle sprain. Uh, he shed his walking boot last week. The 49ers have a bye this week. They come back week five. That would be about four weeks. Obviously, every ankle sprain is different. Some are and It depends on how much you want to push it. And, and again, I haven't seen the MRI. And, you know, in, in Barkley's past, he's been a very, very fast healer. He's in, in great shape. I mean, but I, I think if you're the Giants, you're really not going to push this. You, you know, you're looking six not. to eight at, at a bare minimum, and I think eight to 12 is, is possibly more realistic. And then you see where you are, you know, in the season and decide what to do from there. Absolutely, and we'll, we'll see uh, about Saquon and his availability. Wayne Gallman, now the starter for the New York Giants going forward. This team certainly needs an influx of talent on the defensive side of the ball. There's not enough there. They're awful. They're awful. I mean, even, even when they came back to win, they just threw it over the top of presumably their best player. I right. mean, you, you know, again, what they hoped to do yesterday was have Jenkins take Evans out of the game, but what Evans did is he actually took Jenkins out of the game and, 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 and protect everybody else. I mean, what you hope is that they're the youngest defense in, in the NFL and that they actually get better, just not a week older per week. Um, they did play slightly better in the second half yesterday, and they did make some meaningful sp- uh, stops, which they didn't make the week before against Buffalo. Um, what's, there, what's there to say? I mean, I think they did derive some juice from the offensive side of the ball. And, and, and the, the other big difference was that Jones got touchdowns. And, he did. And, and people, we're going to talk about the runs and really, you know, the plays that he made out of the pocket. But what about in the pocket? The throw he made to, to Shepard for the touchdown, the second touchdown of the, of, of the, that made it 28-25 in the corner of the end zone. Yeah. That was a professional throw oh, that, that very, very so. few quarterbacks in the NFL could make 
um, on a regular basis. I mean, that's not a that's Absolutely. not a throw that Case Keenum's of the world can make. That's where you really you know. And people talked about his arm strength. He hummed that thing about the only place that could be caught. And I think that's what was lost with his athleticism is the placement on his balls was much better than you usually see a young quarterback make. I mean, he, you know, people have forgotten the play that put him back in the game was to Evan Ingram. He hit him dead in stride. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was like a Montanaris, you know, throw right on stride. He made a lot of throws right on stride, which was another thing that I think the Giants receivers have had. You know, the throw would be just behind them, just in front of them. I think, you know, Cleveland's going through some of that right now. I don't think Mayfield. I, I thought I went to the game last Monday night, and I thought Mayfield was god awful. I mean, the right. Jets couldn't have scored if it was, you know, it took a hundred years. And yes, the throw to Beckham was right on the money, but he he missed open receivers left and right, and you, you know that team's in a little bit of. Uh, yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the Browns because I watched all of Monday uh, Sunday Night Football last night, and for and you talk about this a lot about winning the off season and how you that rarely translates to winning in the season. And I think some really smart people are on this, right? Like, you get Odell Beckham, and, like, that's awesome, right? You, have the, you, you bring in all of this talent on the defensive side, and, and that's awesome. But to do so, you've torn apart your offensive line, and it's going to be impossible for Baker Mayfield to get the ball out. It's going to be impossible for Odell Beckham to get the ball if you don't have an offensive line. And it's actually remarkable to me the job that Freddie Kitchens is doing in a negative fashion because you bring in Odell, you're not getting the ball nearly enough. It's the same problems that happened in New York with the offensive line and Eli not being able to do anything. And the same 11 formation that Ben McAdoo ran. That's what Freddie Kitchens is running. I hate to say this, but through three weeks, Freddie Kitchens is way in over his head. Well, I think that's a problem, and that was predictable. I, I mean, there was nothing in his resume. He went from a position coach. Um, John Dorsey has a history of... Listen, the, the Chiefs have gotten most things right, and they showed him the door. That's a, neg- right. that's a negative sign there. And there's a difference between... It, it's the players that you and I never heard of that make football teams often. Very much. Not the sizzle. You know, basketball is a sizzle sport. You can't win unless you have your, right. your sizzle. Okay? Right. You're not going to win with players we haven't heard of. Mm-hmm. Okay? Hockey and football, you need your stars to play well, but you need next man up to really, really be better than you think. The depth of your organization, especially when we look at, think about what you said, Barkley's out. The safety on um, who who Atlanta lost their Keanu Neal yeah lost their safety who tore his Achilles tendon. I mean, football is a war of attrition through the course of the year. Now in, there were injuries and injuries, and uh, there are certain players like a Barkley's irreplaceable, a Brady is irreplaceable, and Aaron Rodgers is irreplaceable. To the Giants right now, although not in the same level, Daniel Jones would be irreplaceable, which is what we 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 we, we talked about there. But you need your line. I mean, most games are won at the line. You, whether your offensive line and your defensive line dominate the line of scrimmage. And that's how, how most games are won, yet we don't see that. We have no idea how good Kevin Zeitler is unless you're watching game tape and really cluing in. 
and how much Cleveland trading him for Olivia Vernon hurt their offensive line. We Olivia no Vernon idea. obviously certainly saw last night helps there on the defensive side of the ball, but you don't have anybody well, to come really block. didn't make that many plays, and they already ha- had Miles Garrett, and, 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 and Vernon is, is, you know, to, to Garrett, you know, extremely light version of it, but he's really not a great run player or a great overall. He's not good enough to lift the defense. You know, the Giants found that out the hard way when they paid him a lot of money. No doubt, no doubt about it. Paid him a crap ton of money, wasn't able to stay on the field, had a nice motor, but didn't do what they certainly needed for all of that I mean, cash. that was the strangest thing, and it's how you look at it. When they signed him from Miami, they said his best statistic is he led the league in pressures, but very rarely got sacks. So now just think about it. If you block him a little more, he slows down an ounce, then he's not even going to get the pressures. You know, they took it as, oh, he's on the verge because he's getting all these pressures, but he can't finish. I think finishing is a skill in itself. And by the way, Aaron Donald just kind of wrecked the game for... Kind of what he does. He just wrecked Cleveland's game. And that is... Well, if you're... you're, We've bashed him up the yin-yang, and deservedly so. But if you're... Dave Gettleman, yesterday night, you can say two things. One is he believes in strength up the middle as opposed to everybody always having, you know, the pass rush from the outside. And he believes that you attack up the middle and defensive tackles are more important than, than per se, the ends. Well, Aaron Donald certainly gave him a pat on the back. He also believes that you want bigger quarterbacks that can see over the line and, and, you know, that are, 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 are accurate passes. So from, you know, from a scout's eye, he had a pretty good day yesterday. <laughs> from a salary cap <laughs> version, he still leads a lot to potentially be desired. Yeah, he's, he's not all good at that. And it's interesting because I saw all the, the gifts and all the, the comments on Twitter last night. And it was, he's going to walk in with a strut into the office today, feeling all great. Your defense stinks, man. Like, it is horrific. One of the worst I've ever seen. Your defense stinks. And why bring Eli back for $20 million? We'd all seen enough. I mean, if you really weren't sure, and nobody could have been sure that Daniel Jones was ready to start. But, I mean, there's always a Case Keenum to, to find or Tyrod Taylor, sure. who's a backup, sure. that, 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 that could start, start for an hour and... You know, in, in terms of a, another person that, 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 that's, you know, had an interesting career and, and, and the, the things he had to say that I was listening to last week is he's considered the sports pope in New York, Mike Francesca, and he's probably the same age as, as I am. So, Francesca? Yeah, he's probably, probably late 50s. I, I don't think he's much older than that. Maybe he's a few years older than me. But Mike is 65. Oh, so he's, he's, you know, I guess a, a generation older. He, he was saying that, you know, you can't win. I don't know what he's watching. I mean, uh, he, he, you can't win with a young quarterback. And the best thing about first-year quarterbacks is they become second-year quarterback. I don't know what he's been watching the last few years. I mean, Washington won with Robert Griffith. I know he got hurt and was never the same player again, but they won in the first year. Yeah. Okay? Andrew Luck was fine in his first year. Russell Wilson played in the playoffs in his first year. Mm-hmm. And I, yes, I know that they became less of a running team and more dependent with Russell Wilson as you've gone on. 
Mahomes, for all intensive purposes, you know, sat, held the clipboard for one year and played one game at the end of the season, was lights out. Lamar Jackson, maybe he wasn't your cup of tea throwing the ball. He was still, what was he, 6-1 and one as a starting sure. quarterback last, last year? So, yep. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know what he's watching. I actually think it's gone the other way with quarterbacks, which is if you're not good early, maybe they're not going to give you as long a leash. You're never going to, you're never going to make it. You even look at somebody like Josh Rosen, who I didn't see the, I don't think anybody watched the Dallas Miami game, but supposedly didn't play horrendously. But people he didn't. He didn't. He didn't look bad at all. You know, people of, uh, aren't really giving him any kind of longer leash at the at the at the present time. It, it seems like you have to play early and you have to perform early. And you only had to watch last Thursday night. Gardner Minshew, a sixth round pick. Sure. I mean, he looked quite capable of playing the, with the speed of the NFL. One of the things that you absolutely can say about Daniel Jones and Tampa Bay rushed the crap out of him, mm-hmm. is the game was not too fast for him. Oh, totally. Totally okay? agree with that. Okay? It, it was not like he was a deer in the headlights. He had no idea what they were showing him or anything like that, even with his best player out. Okay? So sometimes we make an excuse when it's a mistake, when a veteran mistake, when, when, when Eli throws the ball to somebody. I mean, I, I've watched Eli throw the ball to, to defensive backs all, all the time. All the time. You know, you know, is that that the wrong read, or it can't be every single time the receiver made the wrong cut? Of course not. Of, of course not. I think that um, he's going to have his lumps, obviously. But through that first game, you couldn't have been, you couldn't have asked for, you could not have expected anything better than what you got. So I'm going to go on with Francesca with uh, Pat Shermer yeah. signing from the show. What did you think about that? I listened to that interview. Did you think Francesca was over the top, or did you think that? The Giants were being thin-skinned, or what did you think about that? For those that don't know, um, the, the Giants coach, Pat Shermer, goes on at usually Monday or Tuesday at about 5 o'clock with one of the leading sports shows in the country. Um, essentially, the question that seemed to um, upset Shermer the most was, was, was he the guy to coach the team with his, I guess, career record of, of 16 and well, 37. Well, listen, he basically said, you guys stink. Do I think that uh, there's any problem with Francesca's question? No, I don't. Do I think that Shermer and the Giants owe it to go on Mike Francesca's show? No, I don't. Francesca, like, Francesca is an institution in New York. That's right. fine. And I agree. But... He's not the same person he was 15, 20 years ago. His show is different. It sounds different. His opinions are different. He is biased toward the people that he feels like he's friends with. Now, he has every right, as does any radio host, any program host, to say how you feel. And when he has Pat Shermer, he's everything, he's every right to ask whatever question he wants. But he doesn't let Shermer answer any questions, right? He's going to ask the question and then tell him the answer, ultimately. So if... The Giants feel that they're getting bullied around by this guy? Go on a different show. And they will, right? They don't owe Mike Francesa anything. Well, I agree with that, but does it look weak if you agree to start it to walk away after the second game? When you're- no, but it's not like he's not ask, answering questions from the media every day. You know who looks weak? Gettleman looks weak. Because when, when things have happened with the Giants, he's nowhere to be found. This whole Eli benching happens, 
he's nowhere to be found. When people get cut, when people get signed, he's nowhere to be found. He spoke once during the spring. Say what you will about Brian Cashman, he's always around. Every move he makes, he answers. Every single one. Well, do you think that... Brody's when, around also. When, do you think that you're undercutting... Well, Brody wants to be the center of attention for the Mets. But at least I, he'll I, answer the question. Well, but do you think that's being disloyal to your coach? I, I'm just playing devil's advocate for sure. you, okay? You, you, you think that, for example, I'll answer... You know, I think it's fair. I'll answer personnel questions. I'll take the heat because I assembled the team. I'm the general manager. But once the season starts, other than, you know, whether we're bringing somebody in, like a, a new running back today, the coach is going to answer all of the questions. I, I you know, I, I don't have a problem with that. I, so, so here's, right, like, there's certain situations where that counts and where it, and that, that the, and theor, theoretically, it's fine, obviously. But you want to give a situation Let's just use, let's use Oakland for a second, right? John Gruden's left out on the, and John Gruden's different because he has all the power, right? The coach is left out to drive out, where's Antonio Brown? What's going on with Antonio Brown? I didn't sign the guy. My job is to coach the guy. Ask the GM. Ask the owner. And they left him out to drive. Gruden's different. He runs the organization. We know that. But same, and the same really goes with New England and Belichick. Belichick owns but, it. Yeah. But, in, but in general, it's not the coach's job, like, Adam Gaze didn't sign Le'Veon Bell. The GM did. GM got fired. But Adam Gaze can't answer, why does this team assembled suck? Well, I mean, that's a a good point because people are calling for Adam Gaze's head. I don't, you know, I I think that, listen, I was surprised that there was nothing in Adam Gaze's resume that Miami was such a juggernaut that he deserved a second job immediately. I also think it's like, what the hell are the Jets doing listening to Peyton Manning? Like, you know, it, it, you, you, you know, I always tell you the same thing. It's like on a blind date, never go on a blind date where the person setting you up is closer to the girl than she is to you. Okay, Peyton Manning is much closer to Adam Gaze than he is to the Jets. Where does his loyalty lie? So who do you think is going to get the best of that blind date? That being said, you, you know, his all-world quarterback that he built everything up people are saying well he's not a quarterback whisperer he wasn't supposed to be playing with luke falk and sure. I, I know that everybody else from washington state throws 99 touchdowns but that by the way ucla washington state game that's right. a totally different story you know he he they as soon as he got there in all fairness to him he went to the organization and said you know we've built this team ass backwards we've built the skill positions or in which we haven't even done well but we've spent no money on the offensive line, and that is not going to work. And they fired the general manager, and they brought in Joe Douglas. I mean, I think you got to give it some time to let it work. So here's the thing for me. In week one, if the Jets hold off Buffalo, they wind up winning against Buffalo. I mean, he's doing his then, job. Then, then week two is you know, basically house money after Donald gets mono. We, so is week three against the Patriots with your third-string quarterback, right? Like... Adam Gase was brought in here to ultimately turn Sam Darnold into an above-average quarterback. That is his job. And if he succeeds, then he will keep his job. We have no idea if he will succeed yet because Sam Darnold played one game and he looked okay in it, right? He, he looked bad, to be perfectly honest. He looked okay, I thought. But not above average. He looked okay. Buffalo's defense, pretty good. You know, come on. I, I mean, I think you're, 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 you're sure. being... Kind? You're being kind there. I mean, 
The Jets had four turnovers in the first half, put up six points. Right. Fair. I mean, it's, it's fair. I, 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 you, you know, they made Buffalo's defense look like the 85 Bears. Not the 85 Bears. Okay. I mean, the Patriots defense, but not the Buffalo defense. But, you but know, you know it's one game. And, 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 and even Eli Manning, for whatever it's worth, and we can talk about where some of the yards came. I mean, the Giants had 400 yards total offense against that Buffalo defense. I mean, the, the problem well, was... that was garbage time, though. Uh, a lot. No. The second half was garbage time. The first half, they, they went right down the field and scored. And then what? But, you know, the biggest problem with the Giants, with, with Eli, is that when you got into the red zone the last few years, is they, they would just zone you and, and, and take away the, the angles. And, and, and like yesterday with Daniel Jones, they played man-to-man. He took off and ran. You know, it, it, it's they've been playing kind of. I don't think unless you have a legendary figure, I don't think there's going to be another Brady. I, I, you know, maybe one will rise through the years, but I think unless you have somebody who's got such an incredible vision of the field and can cue that, I don't think you can play without a mobile quarterback. Anymore. There's no question that you need someone that has the ability to move. You have to. It's too easy for the defense if you don't. You know, I think that it's just different. I mean, Brady gets rid of the ball so fast, has that system down to a a, 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 a split second, give them all credit in the world, but I don't think you're going to be seeing that ever again, really. I mean, I I think that even teams— Ever is a long time. I mean, even things, things like, you know, Atlanta— uh, they're going to move on from Matt Ryan in the next few years for the same type of reason. Um, you know, San Diego with Philip Rivers. Los Angeles. Los Angeles with Philip Rivers. Of course they will. Evolution, essentially, of the game. You know, Lamar Jackson's tough to defend. He's awesome. Awesome. We'll see him against the real defense. We have not seen that yet this year. Just saying. So let's do something really, really interesting out of the blue. Two years ago, I guess now we're talking about three years ago, it was the Deshaun Watson, Mitchell Trubisky, Pat Mahomes draft. Then last year you had the three quarterbacks. Then this year you have Daniel Jones redraft him. Patrick Mahomes obviously first. Agreed. Deshaun Watson's second for me. Um, Lamar Jackson's third. I think Baker Mayfield's fourth. I'll put Daniel Jones fifth. Trubisky sixth. Who am I missing? Josh Rosen's in there somewhere. You put Trubisky over Donald? I forgot forgot about saying Donald. No, I would not. I would put put Donald next. I'm not sure that I wouldn't put Jones above Mayfield from what I've seen. It's a short sample. It's one game. It's one game. game. I'm just saying, but you're talking about potential. I mean, I I, I think that the, the, the two games I've watched, you know, I'm a little, I, I think, Mayfield's going to be okay, not great. And I'll tell you why. I think being short, he's not as accurate as Drew Brees, and he's not as clever. So I think his height, and he's not the athlete that Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray is. For me, I'm leaving Baker in there. Listen, it's been a rough start. He's got no line. I'm not putting down, and I had this argument with somebody earlier today. I'm just saying he's short and not a great athlete. I understand. Drew Brees was, you know, Drew Brees is a better athlete. I told you, Drew Brees beat Andy Roddick in tennis. I think when you're little, you have to be a great athlete, and Baker's okay. He's not a great athlete. 
let me throw this at you. I'll throw a question at you. You're, you're one game, you're all in on Danny Jones. Tell me how many quarterbacks you'd rather have going forward than Daniel Jones right now. Well, it's, as you say, it's, 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 it's one game. One game. It's, it's one game. You know, you can't certainly, you, 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 you basically, I think that so many of these guys are the same and it remains to be seen. You certainly can't put them ahead of Dak or Carson Wentz. Okay. Okay. You can put it, but remember, you got to pay Dak thirty million dollars after this year. That's a totally different argument when you talk. Just saying, who would right now? Who would, would you? you, go, would right, you like, I mean, I, I think if, I think if you put Daniel Jones on the Cowboys, he could win in his first year with that offensive line. Okay, okay, on, on, on a discount, but you can't put him ahead of it. You know, you 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 basically then you get into the central. Rogers is obviously still better. That, but I'm not talking about right now who's better because Rogers and Brady and Breeze. Going forward, like in the next 10 years, like I don't want I, Brady's not going to last 10 years. Roger's not going to last 10 years. Matt so Ryan's last 10 what, years. What, from what I've seen in terms of what I would like in a quarterback, I, I put Daniel Jones exactly with Carson Wentz. Right. Okay. I think they're exactly what you want. You want somebody big, athletic, smart, who can throw the ball. I, I tend to, you know, there's less dirty laundry. I mean, you have the one concern you have about Wentz is all that stuff that came out last year, sure. with whether he's a being team man, leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. being leader. I, now, now Jones is in the honeymoon, so you have no idea Not about any, any of that stuff. I think that Deshaun Watson has won a lot more games in college and a lot more games in the pros. The one downside of Deshaun Watson, he's already had two ACL reconstructions. Sure. Okay, so that that, that you got to throw that into. Into, into the equation. I think Donald has been exactly what he's been at U- USC. When he looks good, he looks great. Then he throws the ball to the other team, and he's a turnover waiting to happen. Hasn't shown you that you'd be any different. I think that Josh Allen is in that Wentz, you know, Daniel Jones, big athletic. He's a little bit more athletic than those guys. Yeah, and he's, he's a not little a, less accurate with the ball. A lot less accurate with the ball. But makes big plays. Definitely. Makes big plays. He's very inaccurate, though. Uh, yeah, is a little. Well, you know, he he made the throws that he had to make with the Giants a, a, against the Giants. So I think he's a little bit less accurate. Mahomes is in a class by himself, um, in terms of of, of uh, in terms of talent, mm-hmm. and Lamar Jackson is kind of the future. Uh, he, you know, the question about Lamar Jackson is, you know, he can throw the ball long. You know, he can run. He probably is not going to be great about throwing the seam pass. And the question is, does that really make a difference when you're that electric? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know either, obviously. Before we, we wrapped up, I wanted to get to New England. And I wanted to get to the San Antonio Brown saga. They had him for 11 days. Played last week, scored a touchdown. Gets cut a few days later as allegations continue to come out. The latest is he's retiring. He's re-enroll at Central Michigan to finish, get his degree online. online so someone else could do it for him. He has a lot of issues. Which is, Doc. remember what, what I said? Bill Belichick would not cure his impulsivity. He did. I, you know, we keep on saying, oh, the New England way. If the New England way would work for mental illness, you know, we would, we would have better treatments. We could mimic these type of things. Right. It, 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 it is, we, you know, I said it last week. This is either a staged act or he's really off his rocker. If he's off his rocker, it's going to come out really, really fast. And essentially, he is completely impulsive so that when the allegations came out against him, 
his impulsivity was to take control of the situation by threatening the woman, who are you to come after me, which basically then finished him off for good. Then what comes out after that is essentially him saying, telling Bob Kraft and Ben Roethlisberger, you know, you have demons too. So everybody has demons. Everybody has weaknesses. But most of us, A, can intellectualize, back off, understand, but he has tremendous impulsivity that is acting out, almost as if the frontal lobe has been damaged, okay? And this, you, you know, I said from the very beginning, it would be interesting to look and to see whether there's been a decline in his concussion inventories, or was this just, is this just mounting itself at the present time? But his behavior is bizarre, it's bizarre to not wear the protective equipment in cryo. It is, you can't make an argument. Now, I understand, and you know, he, he doesn't understand these things to the intellectual level, but you could make an argument that sometimes equipment actually can cause more injuries because it makes you feel infallible. Um, for example, ski helmets very rarely do anything. Right. And that's because you're the missile. So if you're going so fast off a bit to hit a tree, you're going to break your neck. It's not going to be, you know, where ski helmets come in handy is like if I bump into you on the mountain or if some, a ski hits you on, on, on the mountain. But what argument, what is the, the, the NFL is not trying to hurt people by making helmets safer. It, there's no argument to be made that you can't play with that helmet. Everybody else is adapted. It's a different world. These things are bizarre. There's no argument to be made to throwing furniture out of a balcony in, in, a, in, in a place in Miami. And he, he, these things should have been looked into before, but to think that Bill Belichick was going to solve them, it's just like Bill Belichick's going to solve drug abuse. Bill Belichick's going to solve Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez, by all intensive purposes, shot people at the University of Florida. And according to most, most reporting, Urban Meyer wanted him off the campus, which is why he turned pro. And, and the Patriots knew all this stuff. You know, I think that first and foremost, Bill Belichick obviously wants to win. and He'll do whatever, clearly. He's a football coach. Whatever he's, it he, takes. He's not, the, you know, he's not a rabbi or a pope. He's no, a football coach. Very much so. And I think that if he could stay on the field, Belichick would get the most out of him. And that's all he cares about. Correct. Uh, until it becomes more of a public relations. I, you know, sometimes it happens to good people. I actually believe that Tim Tebow's gotten screwed in life. I, 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 screwed in life. Not in life, but in football, because he wasn't good enough to put up with the circus, but he was certainly one of the best 1,500 footballers, 30 times 50, so that's 1,500 people. It would be hard to argue that Tim Tebow was not one of the best 1,500 football players in the United States. Same with he, Colin Kaepernick. Same with Colin Kaepernick. I absolutely 100% agree with you. He may not be good enough to put up with 40 trucks with satellites outside your practice facility. That's a different story. Yep. Okay? That's a different story. You don't want your backup quarterback to be the media attention star of the entire team. You don't want everybody asking, when are you going to play Tebow when he's your third string or your backup quarterback? But, you know, other than that, they only care about 
the perception. Nobody would have, nobody, you know, Cleveland would put Kareem Hunt on the field tomorrow. No question about it. No question about it. The Giants, let's not forget, after hearing allegations about Josh Brown, they didn't cut him until he became a PR nightmare. Exactly. And he's a kicker. Exactly. They, they, it's only the perception of, of these things and that, that, that people really care about. And, you know, it, it's interesting to think about why did the Giants trade Beckham? The Giants traded Beckham because they got sick and tired of him. The ownership group, the general manager got sick and tired of him. Guys in the locker room have nothing bad to say about him. Right. That's, that's, that, 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 that's, that's what I mean. They got, yeah. they, got, they got sick and tired of him. I got to tell you, though. Got to tell you. I was thinking yesterday, man, it would be nice having Daniel Jones thrown into Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, because he can really lead him. Correct. Exactly. I mean, you know, you, you know Shepard much, looked much better than he has in, 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 in a long time. And Evan Ingram, you, you know, where did that come from? I mean, it was like he was shot out of a cannon. It was awesome. Fastest he's ever run in his career. I mean, it, 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 and he looked it. I mean, it wasn't like you needed a stopwatch watch to tell. But let's go around the league, you yep. know, and, and you think. Only have a couple minutes left here, Doc. Okay. You know, Dallas looks like they're, they're doing just fine. Dallas is all right, yes. I mean, they, 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 they look really, really good. You know, Pittsburgh, you, although they're 0-3, big games coming up. I mean, again, they haven't really lost within the division. That division doesn't seem like a juggernaut. You know, Baltimore seems like it's the class of the division, but, you know, they haven't won anything yet. Um, is Buffalo, who's more for real, Buffalo or the 49ers? I'd say that I th- it's a really good question. Really good question. But I'd say San Francisco is more real to me. I think San Francisco is more real, but Buffalo has two more games with the Jets, uh, one more game with the Jets and two games with Miami. So that's six wins, okay, that they should have. And now they only have to figure out to win three or four of, of the rest. So that, whereas San Francisco's playing in a tough division. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But I believe I read the stat today. Jimmy G is 9-2. Kyle Shanahan is his head coach. Yeah, you know, I guess the quarterback means something. <laughs> it definitely, definitely means something. Doc, this has been awesome. Awesome hanging out with you today. Tonight, you got the Bears and Washington. What do you think? Under. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, in fantasy, I think of Case Keenum. You know why? Faces off against the New York Giants this weekend. I mean, you know, I mean, does, does Haskins begin to see the field? I, I, I don't oh, not know. Next week. I, I really think that um, the Bears have really struggled. I mean, Washington has no defense, but I think that the Bears will all scheme, and, and it's hard to keep on doing that. Um, and... You know, Reed is gone for Washington. Washington seems like they get, they, you know, maybe bet Washington in the first quarter. They seem to get off the fast starts, and then they get blown out. And the defense just doesn't hold up. Defense does not hold up. Does the defense not hold up, or can you take so many things away from Case Keenum that you come out? And I always thought that Jay Gruden's a good coach. I know he's going to lose his job, but yep. I, I, I really feel that his schemes are excellent. He really finds your weaknesses and, and does that. So I think they come out and, and they scheme and they can do things, but then you can take that away from Case Keenum. Yeah, I also think Jay Green's not a bad coach, to be honest. Um, but Case Keenum, while limited, I don't think the defense holds up. I stand by that. 
I'll put it this way: if, if Jay Gruden becomes available, I'd hire him to be my offensive coordinator. Sure, I'm down. I'm down for that. Does he just reunite with his brother in Oakland? Maybe. I mean, I don't. Uh, you go know, to L.A. Go work for Sean McVay, his former offensive coordinator, such quarterback coach. Possibly. I mean, I but I think that Jay Gruden knows football. I, I've actually think. I know this is really, really strange to say, but I actually think that Washington, through the whole Kirk Cousins nonsense, the hand that he's been dealt, I think that he's outperformed their roster. And I know they haven't done very much, but he's been in the thick of a few playoff races. They would have made the playoffs last year if he didn't lose all of his quarterbacks. I agree with that. I don't, I think, mean, he's co- I don't, I don't think he's a bad coach, but I don't think he's a great coach. I don't think he's ever been really given a chance to be right. with, with, with talent. I don't, I don't necessarily know how we can conclude that. It, yeah. I mean, how, how do we determine coaches? Okay, obviously Super Bowls and stuff like that, but it, when they, you know, who do you, who, who's exceeded their, their ta- talent pool? And, you know, Sean Payton, as we said, great preparation, maybe not the greatest on-the-spot in-game, yeah. in-game coach. But I think that Washington has played better each year than people thought they were going to play. I don't disagree. Like I said, I like Jay Gruden. I think, no. he's, done a nice, I think he's done a nice job. I, I do. Um, he hasn't had the best roster. He's made the most of it. And he's had craziness with the whole thing with Kirk Cousins playing out his option and all of yeah, that. Yeah, you know, it, it's, his, his line it's not an gets easy situation. Every single Absolutely. year. Absolutely. His left tackle's not showing up. I mean, that organization really has not put him in an advantageous place. One of the reasons I think he keeps his job is I don't think anybody wants to take that job. <laughs> you can always find somebody. You can always find somebody. For years, no one wanted the Browns job, and they always found somebody. Mike Pettin. There's always a Mike Pettin. Well, it's going to be interesting. If the Browns don't turn it around, Kitchens won't make it through the season. Kitchens will make it through the season. At what, record? At rec- what record? Because they have some tough games. If they're 1-5, and five, he doesn't make it through the season. They're one in five. He'll make it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I think that you're going to have chaos in that place and they'll find somebody. I, I think it, 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 it's, you know, they, if they stop winning. You, you can't bring in a guy and then just quit on him six games in. They quit on Steve Wilkes in one year and they would, you know, and that's because they felt they weren't playing for anything, you know, and that was with low expectations. With these expectations and Dorsey's ego, watch. With that, we say goodnight for now. He is Dr. Mitchell Roslin. I am Greg Sausman. Make sure you check out all of our other programs on demand. All you got to do is search Doc Jock right here on YouTube. Have a great night. Enjoy the game. Get your pick, Doc. I'm going to take the Bears. I'll take the Bears as well. The Bears for Dr. Mitchell Roslin. I'm Greg Sussman. Have a great night. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.